Do 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 do. Ad time. Oh man, another ad. Well, don't worry. This one will make you hungry. Margarita, pepperoni playboy, guilty party, good thing, dreams tonight, beyond love, smoke signals, neon moon, Springsteen, talking backwards, crude copy, breakneck speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's pizzas, sourdough Neapolitan pizza pies, straight from their wood fire oven, and you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A for the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. Nice little pizza, huh? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the holdup? It's ad time. Oh, yeah. It's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, totally good time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records staff tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American Hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four. Check. Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Add time. We might, we might go oh. seven hours. Seven straight <laughs> hours. Oh shit! You are you are ready, <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Everybody, yes. everybody gets a song. His name is Nick. He logged on quick to be on the podcast today. He's saying hey from a little town in Massachusetts. We'll find out where it is. <laughs> from the East Coast, coming at you loud and clear. The Greek freak of comedy. The one, the only, the brew master. The absolute hilarious killer. The open mic phenom, the app, the 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 Celtic supporter, the authority on basketball, comedy, everything that I know and love. Nick Caradoyanis. Nick, welcome to the show. I am a man of many nicknames. I was unaware of apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's what everyone's talking about. Oh, first, speaking of names. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, Caradionis, man. Boom. You've That's heard what enough I was uh, hosts mess it up. <laughs> Nick Caradionis. Nick, uh, coming to us uh, from Massachusetts. Uh, where, where are you from in Massachusetts? Boston, baby. Like, legit Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like Framingham? No, like fucking Boston, dude. <laughs> like Dorchester? <laughs> West Roxbury, but it's, <laughs> if you want to get into who my neighbors are, I can totally do that, man. Dude, well, Nick, honestly, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and for your time. Uh, you're always a, uh, a treat to watch on stage. So I am happy to take this uh, audio tour of Boston with you and your hometown. Before we get to that, uh, we like to do plugs up top. Uh, Nick, is there anything, uh, any upcoming projects or anything fun or, or social media that you'd like to draw listeners to? Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Caradionis Comedy. Look in the description. You can't spell it phonetically. I guarantee it. <laughs> Do you know how to spell your last name? Oh, dude. K-A-R-I-D-O-Y-A-N-E-S. It took me until the second grade to learn it. Dyslexia is no joke. <laughs> okay, so we got you Instagram. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, man. Um, I run a weekly show at Boomtown Brewery in downtown Los Angeles every single Monday. Boom Mike Comedy. You can find us on Instagram at Boom Mike Comedy. Throwing a huge show on January 20th. Oh, got, wow. Uh, yeah, got Ian Edwards headlining. It's going to be a killer time. Dude, awesome. Very cool. Yeah, uh, man. So, okay. So, Instagram. When it came to... We'll go over your plugs here. When it came to 
creating Instagram for yourself, did you have reservations on using your last name? Because like you said, you can't really spell it phonetically. And were there other, you know, first draft Instagram names that uh, you wanted to go by? Um, yes, okay. uh, but, but they were all chosen. Apparently there's, there's too many great guys trying to do stand up on the damn <laughs> Yeah, Zach Galifianakis really inspired a generation, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to go with uh, at Sad Greek Comedy. That was like my Twitter for the longest time. And <sighs> somebody got to it first, man. I, I was never the most photogenic person, always carried a little bit of extra pounds. And so it took me a few extra years to get into the uh, the Instagram space. Fair enough, fair mm-hmm. enough. I mean, yeah, when, how could you uh, spend time on Instagram when you were hosting uh, Epic Mealtime on YouTube? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I got that last week. Did you really? Yes, I did, man. <laughs> a friend of a friend came up and was like, hey, you know, you look like a cute Harley from Epic Meal Time." And I forced her to FaceTime my girl and let her know. I'm like, babe, I'm in demands. Yeah. And I also got another <laughs> career option. I, I would do, Yeah, exactly. Well, a couple of things. I want to know what happened to that guy. But for uh, listeners, Nick looks almost like almost like the little brother of the epic mealtime guy if you remember that uh did you do you do you get that a lot and are people like hey you look like that one guy like oh man like that one i can't remember his name i got that a lot and then uh when i was a little bit younger i got seth rogan a lot when when i was carrying a little more weight okay i see that i see yeah I, i went to a paramore concert and Haley williams pointed me out in the crowd and said Seth Rogen, get on stage. No fucking way. Yeah, dude. Highlights of my life. I cried. Did you get on stage? Yes, I did, man. Got to sing ankle biters with him. Forgot all the words because I was literally having an out-of-body experience. (laughs) She was my crush growing up, man. No way, dude. Oh, every emo kid (laughs) was in the same boat, man. You were in the emo stuff. Oh, that's incredible. Can we talk about that? And then, um, all right, so... The boom mic that's uh, every Monday, right? Oh, every single Monday. Sign ups at six thirty if you have the balls. Seven o'clock come through if you're just trying to watch a show. Nice man. Well, dude, awesome. And uh, your co-host is now Mandy Robbins. Uh, she was a guest on the podcast last week. Yeah, killer, killer comic. Mandy's amazing. Um, took over for CJ Price last week. Love CJ. He's still going to be a part of the show, still making things happen. He just doesn't like hosting. So we got <laughs> a better host in every sense of the word. I don't know, man. I think you should distance yourself from that guy. He's he's a bad person. He's toxic. He's uh... <laughs> oh, he's going to be the downfall of us all, man. I know, dude. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, CJ is, is so funny. I love I love him. I love when he gets worked up. He gets like into the shoulders a lot. Like oh, you see yeah. him on stage. <laughs> Every time he gets off stage, I'm like, dude, how do you still have breath in your lungs? You're yeah. just <laughs> screaming the whole time. He's almost like uh, 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 an Anaheim Lewis Black. Oh, yeah, man. Right? Just, just give him the years and, and give him a blazer and one of these days. <laughs> well, it's not about him. It's about this uh, podcast is about you, man. Um, so wait, tell me about before we get into your hometown. Tell me about this Paramore concert you were at, dude. And what, what year was this? Um, this had to have been 2011, 2012. Okay, wow, amazing. Uh, yeah, man. I was the overnight janitor at the House of Blues in Boston. So we got free tickets to whatever we wanted to go to. Oh. Yeah, man. I was having a good time in the crowd before I had to clean up after the crowd and ended right. up on stage. Whoa, man. And so was there a moment where you were kind of trying to signal to Haley, I'm not Seth Rogen. Like, oh, you know. no, man. Really? I, I would have signed a damn autograph. She put a pen in my hands. <laughs> That's funny. So she was like, you, Seth Rogen, get up on stage. And without hesitation, you're like, yep. And then the, all the words to uh, uh, the song just left your head. Oh, yeah, man. I, I couldn't see any of the 3,000 people in front of me. The world stopped existing. I was, I was sucked <laughs> in by the aura of the pop punk. Oh my God. You must've been like floating out of there, man. Oh. Like you must've been on like cloud nine. 
dude, I, I don't remember the rest of that night. Apparently I passed out on a pool table. It was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> that night you had to clean up after yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's amazing, man. Well, Hey, let's get into it. He's not from uh, new England. He's not from Connecticut. He's from Boston, Massachusetts. Nick, yeah. tell me about your hometown. It is the best city to grow up in, man. It is. You get all the four seasons. You don't get coddled by your city. You learn your street smarts. But there's also so much history that everyone there is pretty damn fucking smart because they're all related to Ben Franklin or John Quincy Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wicked, man. Yeah, so the schools, I mean, Harvard is right there. Uh, is like the public school system all it's cracked up to be or what? Well, I, I went to the oldest public school in the country, man. Boston Latin School, Scola Latina Bostoniensis, 1635, Summa Supreme. We were the first ones, man. Whoa. Yeah, dude. John Quincy Adams went to my high school. John Hancock went to my high school. Ben Franklin dropped out of my high school. Did he really? Yes, he did, man. That's so fascinating. I don't think about any of those people go as going to high school you they know like, children yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i guess i guess that does that do you ever use like a tactic not a tactic but like do you ever use like um have like a thought to kind of like humanize somebody we we're just talking about Haley williams and like you know if i were to meet her i would just be like whoa i'm kind of blown away you know meeting the paramour uh front person and i'd be like oh she's just like me because you know uh, you know, I bet her shoes untied or something, or, you know, or like, like I, I tend to think of people when they're growing up, you know, to kind of like, um, deescalate the intimidation that I might have for them. Do you have any tricks like that or anything like that that you do? Oh, no, man. I'm, I'm still a 12 year old fangirl for everything in art. If, if I run into anyone that I put on a pedestal, it's words don't come out of my mouth, man. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh, I I hear that. We're not. It's like that Wayne in Wayne's world. That scene in Wayne's world. We're not worthy. We are not worthy. Yes, I have. (laughs) I have bound bowed down to to many a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You talk about the street smarts. What's interesting is growing up in Florida for me, and I've said this countless times. I wish I had a sense of the cities like Boston or the cities like uh, Chicago, and you know. with rich history, art, culture, and seasons. But I just didn't really have a sense for them because nobody really told me about them. And the people that had lived there, adults, had kind of escaped something or either like a city <laughs> or or uh, something from their life, some, something from their life to say like, oh, well, this place is better. And I'm not going to explain why, but it just is. Uh, did you, like growing up in Boston, were you like, whoa, this is a city that when did it dawn upon you that there was so much rich, rich history there? Well, I, my dad's the conductor of an orchestra in Boston. Oh. And so I thought you were going to say a train. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey man, it pays better being the train conductor than an orchestra <laughs> conductor. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, because of that, I was like, I was experiencing all the culture Boston had to offer from a young age. So, I mean, like I, I was going to symphony hall in a, little tiny five-year-old tuxedo watching the Boston Pops. Yeah, man. You know, the the 4th of July fireworks on the Esplanade. I was like, all of the historical things, man, you're you're right there. And my my high school is right across the street from Fenway Park. Like, everywhere you look, it's such a small city that's been around for about 400 years at this point. So something's happened on every damn street corner. Yeah, man. Holy cow. So you were in high school across the street from Fenway. Yeah, like, man. Is it on like Yaki Way? Am I saying that right? Um, it, it was on um, Avenue Louis Pasteur. It's okay. like you can just hop, skip, and jump across the street. It's, Boston's not a grid system. It looks like <laughs> you gave Michael J. Fox a pencil and told him to draw a city map. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's incredible. So uh, it's not so big. There's tons of colleges there. Uh, did you find yourself like getting into like any trouble or um, like, well, you, you, like gr- growing up, growing up there, did you find, you know, yourself going to like 
college parties as a high schooler? Less college parties, mm-hmm. more college tailgates. Ha, oh, <laughs> yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no reason to uh, to drink at night if you can just drink during the day, right? Exactly. Nobody's checking IDs at a tailgate. My, um, I'm glad that my parents probably won't listen to this because yeah. I, I was in the the Boston College drunk tank at the age of 16. No way. <laughs> yeah, at 16, man. what happened? What happened, dude? I I pride myself. I went to every single one of Matt Ryan's stats at Boston College when I was growing up. Wow. Because I, I couldn't afford to see a Patriots game. It's 125 bucks for standing room. Oh, my God. And when, when you're 16, 17 years old, you got a five spot in your pocket. And so you can go to Chestnut Hill and watch the Boston College Eagles wipe the floor with nobody or get beaten down by an ACC opponent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, just – you get there. I, I've always looked a little bit older than I am. So everyone just assumed that I was like a freshman or a sophomore there. You, you have on the student section t-shirt and you just get invited in everywhere. Bro. <laughs> so then what happened on this day? Or was this something that happened frequently? Only taken in the drunk tank once. Only one time I was trying to uh, leave the student section. I stumbled up the rafters and fell down, smacked my head on one of the, uh, the stairs and then bc like security came up to me they're like oh let me see your student id since you're in the student section (laughs) i didn't have one and And you said uh oops (laughs) exactly and then i called my brother to come pick me up so there we go oh no yeah what happens in the drunk tank i mean do you remember it you you must have been pretty pretty gone honestly it is just people lying down drinking water, taking deep breaths, sobbing, asking to call their parents. It is, it's just a bunch of entitled white kids trying to get their way, but they're really drunk. So it's a sight to see. Yeah. Do you know who my dad is? I bet that, (laughs) I bet you hear that a lot. Uh, It it was funny was, so I, uh, I went to school in Orlando and I would go to the UCF tailgates and the team was good. But the fun was not going to the game. It was the tailgate before. And sometimes it was like, if it was like, say, a four o'clock or seven o'clock kickoff, those tailgates would begin at 10 a.m. Yep. And a lot of people would not make it into the game. And I adopted this thought process because like, like any sporting event I go to, it's usually like, oh, well, let's just go to the tailgate and see if anyone has an extra ticket. Because at UCF tailgates, everybody would have a ticket or a student ticket or, you know, whatever. And I think there were paper tickets or something like that. Uh, or like, you know, you could screenshot it, you know, digitally scan or whatever. And then people had the intention of going, but then got so drunk that uh, there's no, they weren't allowed in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and other people had the intention of going, getting messed up hard and then going to a bar uh, across the street from the school is a bar called library, which was very cleverly named <laughs> uh, yeah, for a college bar. Oh, dude, we, we had a bar like that by BC. It was called Mary Ann's. It's oh. also known as scary Ann's Cause one time some dude got kidnapped from there and they found him in the reservoir four days later. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Was it a, was it a, an adult? A college student, man. He was like 19, 20 years old. Wow, getting kidnapped at 19, 20 years old. Honestly, that's the most embarrassing part. Not dying, but no, getting kidnapped. You're an adult and you let yourself get taken. <laughs> you let that happen to you. Yeah, I mean, how, how, how are you going to let somebody take you? Just say, no, I'm not going. Exactly, just just dead weight. Just go dead weight, man. Go dead weight. That's your, that's your fight or flight. It's just get in your weight. Just Dude, I can't even you. pick up my eight pound cat when it goes limp. <laughs> I let alone a 200 pound person. Yeah, man. I mean, you're the last person I suspect to kidnap anybody. So don't worry. You're in the, you're in the clear, man. You're in the clear. Oh yeah. Cause, cause I'm going to put them on the back of my bird scooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So the Boston bar scene um, is legendary. Uh, what, when did you do, how long did you live there in Boston? Oh, I, I lived there the first 24 years of my life before I moved out to L.A. 
Oh man. So you really, you, you, you took it in. You, you were of age uh, still living there. What was, I mean, was the Boston bar scene uh, exactly what they depict in Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> um, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, really? There's a dive bar on every damn street corner and it has the same eight people in there. And then of course you have your, your college bars that, that get rowdy, but um, the, the, the bars are weird out there because you can't have happy hour or any drink specials. It's an old puritanical law. You can't discount liquor or beer. Is that so true? Yeah. So in Boston. A, in Boston. You cannot have a happy hour. You cannot say, oh, beers are $2 off after 11 p.m. That is illegal. So instead, they just have dollar beers from open to close. Oh, my God. Jeez. You're you're drinking Miller Lite, Natty, Narragansett, like cheap stuff, but dollar a pop. I remember, what's it called, Narragansett? Narragansett. Hi, neighbors. (laughs) Shit beer of choice. Yeah, I remember when that became popular. I was living in Orlando. Or when I be, I became aware of it, and I had a hard time saying it, but because you know it's hard to pronounce when you're looking at it. However, I was like, oh man, that beer's only like a buck fifty. You know, cool. Exactly. They must have charged an extra fifty cents to ship it down to Florida. They, do do they have just Florida have like its primordial crap beer that people drink, or do y'all just suck on buzz balls and four logos? <laughs> buzz balls. Uh yeah, we would pick Natty Light. That would be the go-to. Natty Light when and then when we were thinking fancy, we were thinking Blue Moon or Yingling, because there's a Yingling <laughs> plant in Tampa, and it turns out Yingling isn't that impressive. No, man. Yeah. It's it's crazy like when we're younger and we're like, oh, Blue Moon, Stella, that is high class. I know. And you, you, you can get it at any bodega for, you know, three bucks a tall boy. I would, oh man, Keystone Light would be my favorite beer to get because I don't know if you know the history behind Keystone Light. And this is either um, uh, a fable uh, or it's true that Keystone Light is batches of Coors Light that they messed up. <laughs> it may, all I remember is the, uh, the, the Keystone Light ads, the dude with the mullet and, and the, the sweatband, dude. Yeah, a guy that looks like Avery Ross. Yup. <laughs> dude, yeah. So I would get Keystone Light because, you know, you could sort of taste that fact that it was cheap, number one. Number two, I thought, wow, this is so great. They're not getting rid of this beer. They're just, you know, recycling it. They're upcycling it, exactly. But then also there were some batches. And oh man, I I was having a special night when I would crack open a Keystone and I would drink it. And some, something in the formula, uh, you're, uh, are you a home brewer or no? Oh, I know. I am just a drinking connoisseur. A drinker admirer. But some, something in the formula made these uh, defunct batches of cores, the Keystone Lights, taste like bananas. Yeah, man, that, that happens a lot. You'll get like a banana flavor or a bubblegum flavor out of some of those cheap beers when really go so right. Yeah, man. Dude, they got to hone in on whatever that is because I would drink that banana beer. Dude, I would happily drink it. I think it's the start of the skunking process. So just what you should do is you buy a, a 24 rack, a Keystone light, and you just leave it in the sun for two days. <laughs> I like my beer with a little suntan. Exactly. I like, I like it to sizzle when I pop the top. Yeah, exactly. So you're a beer admirer, not a, not a home brewer. And that's good. Actually, that makes me respect you more, honestly. It's, I, I work at a brewery right. when, when, I mean, stand-up doesn't pay as much as all you glorious people think it does. <laughs> so uh, the, the the brewery that I work at, I, I see how much it takes to make the beer. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll just pop it open. Yeah, I'll enjoy <laughs> I'll, it. I'll talk about it all day long. I can sell it real darn well. I'll, I'll, I can sell, sell you a keg in my sleep, but 
the process of making it leave me out of it yeah mm-hmm. the uh yeah yeah that's true do you think you know being uh so ingratiated in the beer scene you know growing up in boston and then now working at a um a brewery do you think people take the brewing too seriously like do you think people like go over the top with it yeah <laughs> okay because um, not being in the scene not not like knowing those types of people or interacting with those people so regularly i'm like hey man, I, I start to feel like a person in a beer commercial where i walk into the bar i'm just like i'll have a beer like any beer you know that's mm-hmm. my thought i don't say that but that's my thought process but then there are people that might hear me say that like oh what kind of beer do you have i like yeah i'll take whatever you know i'll take the thing first one you mentioned and then they're like offended you know because that's their whole personality how does that happen you'll just get people walking up to the bar just asking all of these questions I'm like man you cannot taste the difference between citra and mosaic ops i can put exactly what you want in front of you and you will not be able to tell me the difference so i don't know why you're wasting your breath asking me just just get a flight try them all have a good yeah. time with it our buddy uh we mentioned him uh, cj price uh he he has this bit on stage about describing beers as uh to have notes of stone fruit <laughs> yes <laughs> and people are just and the, the reaction must be oh stone fruit that sounds that sounds great <laughs> like what the fuck but is- no that is just like the top of the family tree of some fruits there's uh. like eight thousand stone fruits <laughs> so the bits that there are just so many that the the spectrum of taste is is it, it's like describing you know the sun like the sun or it's just it's like being unspecifically specific right exactly man it's you give them just as much information that they think they're learning something yeah even though this is it's just me using synonyms <laughs> i'm taking what you said and just saying different words that mean the exact same thing dude that is hilarious because <laughs> next time you take a sip of a drink oh i'm i'm uh, experiencing notes of stone fruit here oh then you bite into a hot dog oh i'm experiencing notes of uh stone fruit actually <laughs> i think I, I, i'm made of stone fruit i <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a bite of a hot dog you're like oh I, I can taste the salinity in the water like no that's just hot dog water you dumbass <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i guess people that invest so much time into their hobbies will do anything to legitimize it right to like create a new language to create you know a sommelier version of a beer drinker or you know the even the term sommelier you know like they'll they'll try and make it sound um more impressive than it is and the only thing that's making it less inclusive is the language right oh yeah they're they're trying to justify all of the time that they spent liking this thing and i'm like dude what I'd rather just have a conversation with you. I, the beer is not you. You enjoy beer, but every word yeah. that comes out of your mouth ain't got to be about it. You got a family, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing that's keeping us separated is language. You know, like sure, I'd love to have a a a, a beer with you, but you know, you don't have to. You don't have to be pretentious about you know the stone fruit flavor notes. Or yeah, I'd like to go to a soccer match with somebody and I'm not going to be pretentious about the offside rule. I'm going to, you know, let you in. Exactly. We just bring it down to someone's level. And like when, when I'm actively trying to get someone to learn about beer, you start at the macro and then you'll work your way down. Like mm. we, we got a, a great, um, west coast ipa that we did for uh death row records 30th anniversary i i won't describe the hops that are in it i won't describe all the little tasting notes i'll say this is a great hoppy west coast ipa get a little bit of citrus in there you start with that and then once they work that in their vocabulary then you can work down to the micro Mm -hmm. and actually have someone understand what you're saying instead of it sounding like medical jargon right yeah yeah exactly exactly and i mean growing up in florida 
you know, we'll get back to the hometowns. Like growing up in oh, Florida, yeah. I don't care. Like I, I simply do not care. Like whatever beer was available, that's fine. And and even to this day, I'm fine with whatever beer. Like, are we drinking beer? Is that all we're doing? We're just going to sit in a dark closet and drink beer? No, like it's going to be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got it's going to be at a concert or at a, a, a show. It's going to be at a, you know, an event. You know, I, I don't make a lot of that. Uh, it's just, um, you know, part of the social social aspect of it. And like growing up in Florida is very fascinating because there was nobody that was really uh, creating a safe environment for drinking, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and nobody was showing us respect for drinking. It was, you know, if we work it backwards, a lot of retired people that either don't drink or drink excessively because they're retired, you know, yeah. they <laughs> got the- nothing to wake up for. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to sleep at 5. PM. Yeah. Uh, then say there's, um, you know, like adults and, you know, like some snowbirds, you know, people visiting, they're on vacation. So, you know, the excessive drinking is happening all over the place. And then, you know, the adults that live there, um, I got to say, you know, that Florida parrot life uh, or, you know, parrot head, you know, Jimmy Buffett life, you know, comes into play and, you know, you're on a boat and, you know, you're drinking. I knew teachers growing up that had, alcohol in their desks oh dude same here you could smell it in their coffee man (laughs) well yeah i mean growing up in boston you know this historical place and you know the founding fathers obviously they drank beer as well did you learn um how to like appreciate beer in a different way or drink in moderation because that you know those lessons uh either fell on deaf ears or i missed them I feel like I learned moderation because like I'm, I'm from a slightly European household and my dad is as Greek as it gets. And, you know, in the Mediterranean, they'll, they'll serve you if you're taller than the bar. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. It, from a young age, they, they start, uh, and they let you know that this is something to have with a meal. It's something to have in a social situation. It's not drinking yourself to sleep in a dark corner. <laughs> drinking over there. It sounds like a, in the Mediterranean, it sounds like a, a roller coaster. Like, you know, you got to be this tall to ride, but then drinking in Florida is a roller coaster because you're going to go on some fucking loops and you'll probably black out. Oh yeah, man. Like, especially when you got a spring break going on down there. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Spring you, you break. have an influx of 20,000 people in a two week stretch and MTV's there giving out free shots. <laughs> So there's the history, there's the beer culture. Growing up there, uh, did you, I mean, man, Boston is just one of those cities. It feels like if you're not there, you're missing out. Was there a lot to do for you, you know, before you turned uh, 21 years old? Oh, yeah, man. I, like I said before, my dad was a musician. So I I was playing in bands from the age of 14 up Mm -hmm. over there. So it was yeah, at the rock clubs, like the, the Paradise, the Middle East, Great Sky, just all of those dingy rock clubs with like, they're, they're so packed that you have sweat dripping from the ceiling because <laughs> all the bodies condensed in there. Shit. It, it was, it's a great city to go if, if you have an affinity for music, culture, history, sports. There's something to do every night of the week. Everything just closes at midnight. So you still get to go to bed early. Bars are open until two, but you ain't got no kitchens open. You, everything that means anything starts wrapping up around 10 o'clock, closed by midnight. Hey, how do you like them apples? Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So what is the obsession with Dunkin' Donuts? Why is it because it's from there? Is it from the New England area? I think it's because Bostonians don't actually like coffee. <laughs> and Starbucks is like from the West Coast, pretentious Seattle. Yeah, they're like, oh, we use only Arabica beans grown in this region. And a donkey's coffee is it's more cream and sugar than any kind of coffee, man. You, I, I brought my girl back there for the, the first time a couple of years ago. She said, I'll have my coffee. And they said, oh, how do you take your coffee? She's like, I don't know the regular way yeah. and 
on the East Coast, if you say coffee regular, that means like eight creams and eight sugars. You're drinking a damn milkshake. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> and is that what you grew up on? Yeah, man. Oh, fascinating. I, I can I, I remember seeing people with lit cigarettes inside of Dunkin' Donuts, man. That place is a freaking hoot. SNL did a great sketch with uh Casey, Affleck. Casey Affleck. Oh man, and Bobby Moynihan smoking a cigarette. It's like, outside. Yeah, it's so funny. That's so great, dude. Uh, <laughs> so then, yeah, that's so interesting. I I don't know why. I don't know when. I think I I I started drinking coffee in the not so recent or not so distant past, excuse me, just for function, you know, like I've got to have my coffee, you know, I got to have breakfast, got to have coffee uh, to just get to kickstart my whole life, my day. It's like got to be up at, you know, whatever. But oh, yeah, I think man. before that, but before, yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say the, the, the older you get, the heavier your eyes, eyelids seem to be every day. <sighs> I hear you, brother. I and yeah, but before that, in my youth, I guess. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you, I, I think I have a terrible relationship with food altogether. But yeah, I would I would have I would have more cream and sugar. Now I'll do a um sweet and low. I don't even know if that's good for my body or what. It can't be right. Might as well, might as well do coke, man. <laughs> this is this is yeah, I, I I don't know. I need to see somebody. But when I was when I was growing up, I would play soccer, and we'd go. Uh, my grandfather and I would go to these uh, soccer tournaments where my team was playing. And sometimes we were two, three hours away, uh, you know, or traveling two or three hours away. And he would always stop in Dunkin' Donuts, the one by our place, before we got on the interstate. And he would get you know coffee, cream, and sugar. And he would always be annoyed with how much they filled it up. They filled it to the very top like the tippy top. And he'd be like, why would you do this to me? <laughs> he's annoyed that he's getting his money's worth. <laughs> he would do that. Yeah. He would do that with uh, sandwiches too. If a sandwich had too much meat on it, he'd be like, what am I going to do with all this meat? He would like take it out and be like, Peter, do you see this? What you and then I, I have forgotten how to eat. <laughs> it's too big. But then, <laughs> then, uh, when we go to Dunkin' Donuts, he would get a coffee, cream, and sugar, however they jazz it up. And then I would get a big culotta, like a coffee oh, culotta. Yeah, dude. And I would drink it as fast as I could because I knew that when I finished that, the sugar rush would put me to sleep. <laughs> and so I was, dude, I've been drinking to blackout since before <laughs> I drank alcohol. That's hilarious man like the, the dunkin donut culotta is just a way to get children to drink milkshakes and ices for breakfast they're gonna see a neon blue blue raspberry culotta and be like mommy 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 and mommy oh. wants child to shut up so she buys it. dude i cannot yeah exactly yeah and yeah mommy needs yeah mommy and daughter mommy needs coffee to uh to have you know to get her day started and then you know to to calm down or you know even excite the kids like yeah we'll get you this sugary drink that's crazy and, and then mommy opens up the glove box in her 94 volvo c70 and takes out two nips of dr mcgillicuddy's mental mitt schnapps and pours it into said donkeys why do you call it donkeys i mean i know everybody from boston does but why 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 donkeys it's so silly less, less syllables man <laughs> it's like you're going to see an old friend yeah man oh that's it yeah well, we're going to donkeys you want anything i love that i i do that is i don't know what the sort of answer i was looking for but that is the most satisfying uh reasoning behind why people in boston love dunkin donuts <laughs> because they just hate coffee <laughs> dunkin donuts is like your friend from high school they're gonna disappoint you every single time you go but you expect it <laughs> yeah well speaking of syllables did you ever think about like did you ever have a nickname uh growing up or like did you ever shorten your last name or was, was nick you know nick good enough I've always been Nick. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, there were so many Nicks in my high school, they would call me Nick K. Nick K, yeah. Um, I, I even tried using that as like a stage name for a little bit, but. That's, that's interesting. You got to embrace what you got. 
That sounds like that sounds like a different type of entertainer. Like, welcome, Nick Kay. Hey, it's Nick Kay. <laughs> I heard um, I was talking to Wendy Jean Wilkins about this on this podcast, but Zach Galifianakis was uh, told he should change his name to Zach G. <laughs> and he would never have gotten to where he is if he did that, man. <laughs> but then you have Greek people that change their last name and it works for them. I mean, Jennifer Aniston doesn't use her real last name. What, what's her last name? Cara Dionis? Yeah, yeah, I wish, man. That that would lead to some <laughs> really weird situations from my youth. But uh, I, I think her last name's uh, Anastasakis. Oh, so, so she's she, like Japanese? No, Greek. <laughs> oh, Greek. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, man. Why all the, the Greek people have boycotted friends since the beginning? Because she doesn't no, the culture. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want a reporter to be like, and, and why, why is it that you hate Greek people, uh, Jennifer Aniston? Uh, <laughs> what did they do to you? Yeah, was exactly. It massive amounts of credit card debt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they only created the banking system. Uh, and then I guess drove it into the ground. Uh, that's for another day. Uh, did you, what, but what today is for, did you buy the Ethereum dip or what, man? Are you in on Doge? Oh my God. No, not at all. I, that's, that's TikTok money, man. That's for the kids. <laughs> that's right. You're the person that said that TikTok money. I love that. Dude. That's <laughs> well, it's, it's fascinating. So you're in Boston, you're, you're growing up with this, uh, this great, uh, culture, this like Greek culture, you know, um, around your family, and then the history of the United States of America, you're going to the oldest high school in the country. And you're, uh, you know, you have a good relationship with alcohol. And then, you know, you're here drinking donkeys, you know, uh, whenever you want. But and, and then you made the uh, you, you made the assessment that it's pretty much, you know, uh, a milkshake, you know, uh, some of their drinks are just milkshakes. Is it true? And I want to get into this first segment. Uh, it's called uh, Early Jobs. Doo-doo-doo. You used to work. That's my little stinger. Uh, that's the royalty free music. Doo-doo-doo. You played the guitar and it wasn't even in your hands, man. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I've got a. I should get a. I should, I should get a soundboard. Um, Kate, uh, excuse me. Kim McVicker had a soundboard on our podcast that was out a couple weeks ago. Uh, and uh, so anyhow, you used to work at an ice cream shop, but it wasn't just an ice cream shop. Tell me, tell me about that. Cause I worked at an ice cream oh. shop as well uh, growing up. Oh, and I, as of last year, I can talk about this freely because the oh. guy's dead. So he, he can't come for me. Um, oh my God. <laughs> the, the ice cream shop that I used to work at laundered money for the mob. <laughs> really? What, like yeah. what kind of mob? Oh, you know, just just the the old school Italian Boston uh, Irish Boston mob, man. Wow. Like it was this ice cream place called Ice Cream Works. Ice um, Cream Works. I spelled it Ice Cream Works. Ha <laughs> uh, Um, is that how they spelled it? Yeah, Ice oh. Cream Works. It's that's terrible. Freaking garbage, man. But uh, that's awful. <laughs> They didn't even like make their own ice cream. There's this ice cream shop on the East Coast called Brigham's. I don't know if you you had them down south at all, but they would just buy Brigham's ice cream in bulk and just sell that. What? Yeah, the man. I, I I got fired from there because they accused me of taking a ten gallon drum of ice cream, and. I did not do that because had I done that, I probably would have opened it up and found a big old stack of cash or something powdery <laughs> or something that a 16 year old should not be picking up. <laughs> yeah. Take it where? Like there's a, a barrel of ice cream. Where am I going to take it? It's on, on the 35 bus to Forest Hills, man. You can always flip that shit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait, so when, okay. So how old were you when you got this job and when did it become apparent to you? that there was some shady business happening it it became apparent to me like I, I was 15 16 years old when i was working there when they started giving me more hours mm. 
And I would serve like three people ice cream a day. And they're like, no, nah, man, demand's up. We need to be open. Like you start looking into things and just <laughs> things, things don't line up. You get paid in cash every week. Oh, yeah, man. Just weird little things. Just random people coming in and out. Like there's sec- so many security cameras for an ice cream shop, man. I, I got uh, called up for hooking up with a chick in the basement and they're like, oh, yeah, you can't be having people down there. There's some things that you shouldn't be getting into. And I'm like, well, what kind of things? This, Mr. Paladino, this is an ice cream shop. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Paladino. That, this is an ice cream shop. But hey, that didn't ha- stop you from hooking up. No, man. That was- <laughs> Sometimes as a kid, you just anywhere will do you yeah, know man. yeah why would they give a 15 year old a key to a building like that's irresponsible yeah. <laughs> that's true that's, that's how you know that they're not a legitimate business <laughs> that is so fascinating i worked at an ice cream place and i would make out with this girl named uh jesus what was her name nikita and this other girl and her friend named Lindsay. And in like the ice cream freezer and it was shady because yeah i was also a assistant manager key holder mm-hmm. and i was a junior in high school what the hell what the <laughs> hell dude i i don't get how people give children so much responsibility at all like if, yeah. I, i'm a big roller coaster guy every roller coaster you go to there's a 16 year old behind the operating panel i'm like dude you you don't know shit yeah i guess i don't know what that operating panel looks like it's not like he's steering the roller coaster if he misses a turn we're gonna go shooting like roll off the ledge like roller coaster tycoon i i think it's a that Mulaney had a bit like where he had a, a babysitter that was just two years older than him and he's right. like you can just dial the phone a little bit better than I can. Like, right. what job do you have having this much responsibility? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and so my ice cream place was called Brewster's and we made all the ice cream on the location there. We had two ice cream machines. And the only person that really cared about the job and I, you know, uh, was this guy named Don and he was an old Navy vet in picture blue from uh, old school. Gotcha. But smaller and more, um, more like mystical, you know, like a little more mystical. Like there's like always like a twinkle in his eye. He was actually closer to Whitey from uh, Eat Crazy Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you technical foul. <laughs> Dude, you can't tell me that. Dude, there's not a single Adam Sandler voice that isn't hilarious. The voice alone oh. is funny. It doesn't matter what he's saying, man. It's content doesn't matter when it's coming out of his mouth. It's just. He's the only guy that if you do an impression of one of his characters and you do it poorly, I'm not even mad. I'm like, oh, that's so it's charming and sweet, you know? Yeah, man. Because I was just thinking about what the whitey like voice is like, oh, it's a technical foul. I can't even do it. But that's just like a sweet old person. (laughs) And it gets the point across, man. Even if you do a bad impression of any adam sandler character yeah it's right it gets the point across it's it's like a, a bad schwarzenegger like you know it's you know it's schwarzenegger right you know it's schwarzenegger have you seen that uh movie pumping iron no i haven't oh my it's god it's about him on the the weightlifting circuit the bodybuilding circuit back in the dude, day dude you would love this like i gotta dude i think man i want to invite people over to like watch a movie or something like that maybe that would be the one um but it's so funny i want to get back to don and um this cash only ice cream place (laughs) it's so funny because it's him and this is at the peak of his like uh mr universe run and he's competing with lou ferrigno and he's getting like (laughs) i know i know these names are ridiculous and, and you know it's like Schwarzenegger competing with Lou Ferrigno. Like what a time it must have been on Venice Beach, Muscle Beach. They're pumping iron outside, and Arnold. Yeah, and Arnold's giving all these like bogus diet tips to Ferrigno, trying to pretend like he's his friend. It's like a Michael Jordan mind game thing where Jordan would, you know, uh, um, Stan Van Gundy. No, uh, Jeff Van Gundy called him out one time and said, you know, Jordan doesn't 
Jordan isn't friends with anybody. He makes you think he's your friend. And then he, you know, kind of like uh, takes advantage of you. And it's like, well, it's a fucking game, Jeff yeah. and Gundy. He'll keep you at the poker table till 4 a.m. Because he knows that he can operate the next day and that you cannot. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, every, and yeah. Jeff Van Gundy lost all credibility when he was fucking getting dragged on Alonzo Morning's leg uh, across the garden. I know you're a basketball fan. You understand that. Hey, I used to give tours of the Boston Garden, man. No way. Well, sorry, the the TD Bank North Garden. Right, right, right. Yes. Well, oh, man, so many things. Let's let's, uh, wrap up a few of these threads. So you have to watch that movie because Arnold has the craziest quotes. He's giving the most bogus advice to Ferrigno just to get into his mind. And then one thing that Arnold says just in general, he's like, when I'm pumping iron, it feels like I'm calming. Because <laughs> he loves he loves the feel like he gets addicted to the feeling of gaining so much mass. Of his muscles tearing yeah. and building themselves back up. That's yeah. Oh, he, and, I, good for him. And like you don't even have to bleep it out because it sounds like he's saying it's calming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, oh man, to, you know, we're going to get back to Don and the ice cream for sure. But <laughs> the, uh, the Boston garden, people will still refer to it as the Boston garden, right? People either call it that. I, people still call it the fleet center, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie, speaking of movies, uh, Celtic pride with Dan Aykroyd? I have never seen that movie. Dude. And I have been told to by a coworker for the last six months too. It, I, I paid $2.99 for it on Amazon. It's sitting there. It's waiting. I don't know if you'll like it or not. I mean, it's it's such a great, oh man, in the same way that Space Jam could, Jordan Space Jam, could only take place in that time period, this movie could have only taken place in that time period because one of the plot lines is they're tearing down you know, the old, you know, place where the Celtics played. Mm-hmm. And also the Celtics are in the finals. And Dan Aykroyd, oh man. It, and it's it's kind of slow. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's the ni- from the 90s, but it's a little slow. It's not what you'd expect out of a comedy today. But man, I think I think you enjoy it. I, I, I yeah, I, I, you got to see that. You just got to see it. Like, what, what would you say is, like from from an outside perspective, what movie have you seen where you feel like you've gotten the biggest clear picture of Boston? Because because it's almost like a genre nowadays. But I just want to see the tropes that people believe in us right now. Buddy, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, this is one of my favorite films, uh, The Departed. You fucking departed, dude. Departed. Some of the worst <laughs> accents I've ever heard in my life. Hey, pal, you departed. Dude, departed. I'm gonna start using departed from now on. <laughs> you fucking departed. Um, you're what's fine. he saying? Is he saying? Uh, is he saying you're deported? You, what's he saying? You deep pothead. Yeah, exactly. Um, what what do I think is a representation of um, Boston? I don't know if it's the departed. I know that I love the departed, and I love fucking Alec Baldwin's performance in that, especially his scenes with Mark Wahlberg. Especially when he's like, I'm the guy doing his job. You must be the other guy. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going in my pocket, dude. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for films that I believe represent Boston or what I believe Boston to be, or my picture of it, uh, the two films that come to mind, one of them we already mentioned, Goodwill Hunting, and the other one has to be uh, The Town. The, the Town, uh, Renner was in that one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... They they tried to give that guy so many projects in the the late aughts that he was in like three Boston movies alone in like four years. Yeah, they all yeah. just kind of meld together to me, man. Well, did is are were those the movies you expected me to say, or did you expect me to say Ted? <laughs> is it sad that I was going to say that Ted is one of the most realistic expressions of a Bostonian? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, man. There's little stuffed animals walking around Boston. You cut the stuffed animals out, and it is all damn real. You're working at a dead-end job that you hold on to for seven years too long just because you're hoping to talk to someone. Like That's how things happen there, man. You hope for a one-bedroom apartment in the North End. That's the best you're ever going to get. Just 
it it really is. I mean, I and it even has the the vague racism that is just deeply rooted in Boston. Yeah, just, it it really works, man. That was that movie was the first time I saw accurately a the the ten seconds that happened after a first date. I think it was Joel McHale. He lets out this like massive fart. Right? Was that Ted? Uh, yeah. Just uh, right, right when they get up from the table is like that's that's when you let it all go, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you would say Ted, to, you know, if I'm if I'm gonna go to Boston and I want to brush up on some history, uh, I I should watch Ted and prepare it, myself. And and I look at it romantically, man. It's I, I look the way I see Boston. It's the perfect mix of Ted and Fever Pitch. Oh yeah, yeah. damn. <laughs> My boy, my boy Fallon. I should have uh, should have mentioned. That. I, I I thought about that earlier. I actually own that DVD. I saw that movie on my first date ever, man. Really, first mm-hmm. date ever. Yeah, chick named Jesse James. No, Jesse James. Short for Yesenia, but oh, Yesenia. Oh wow, I grew up with a girl named Yesenia. <laughs> Not the same chick. Hey man, I don't know, man. Everybody's got the same. I only know one guy named Nick, and you're him, man. There's only well, one Peter in the world, he too. Yeah, well, there's only one. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the so Archangel. Don exactly Don at the ice cream place. He's the only one that cared about his the job. And uh I felt bad because the owners didn't care about him, and everybody that was employed there. Uh, were just like punk ass kids or kids that were heavily into um, the church. You know, it was was the, the the church scene a big thing down there? It wasn't, but uh, it depended on who you talk to. If you talk to one of those kids that spent all their free time on Wednesdays and Sundays at the church, then you know it was. This <laughs> one girl goes, uh, "I was like, oh my god, there's a fire next door because uh, we were in." Uh, there were a few locations of Brewster's, but one of them, it was in a small strip mall across from a Target, and uh, next to us was a subway, and then there was a somehow a fire in the subway kitchen. And I go, oh, man, there's a fire right next door. Like, aren't, weren't you scared? And this girl, Raquel, she, would go, she goes, no, I'm not scared. I know where I'm going when I die. <laughs> I was like, and she was one of those, like, you know, church people. I was like, what the fuck, dude? All right. It, it, it seemed like in Boston, everybody went to church, just – Everybody's yeah. a Catholic. Everybody like that. It's real, man. Every yeah. I can't tell you how many first communions I went to. I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> like, why? Why are we giving children hundreds of dollars for taking a sip of wine? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first communion. Yeah, man. I mean, I I graduated from a uh, Catholic high school. I went there for my junior and senior year, and I enjoyed church because it was not class and it was another place to like relax chill goof off a little bit take the pressures off but i i quickly learned that the harder a church pushes their agenda um the worse it is like the worse off it is and there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes that are terrible like i I ended up going to for a year and a half uh this christian college which was crazy (laughs) Uh, crazy because they made you sign a contract saying you would go to chapel uh, two to three times a week. I think it was three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's before school starts. You would be required to go there, scan in, etc. And then you couldn't drink, smoke, or publicly dance as while you were a student. You couldn't publicly dance? Yeah, and you know, this damn footloose. I know exactly, exactly. And I was Kevin Bacon, baby. I was dancing all over the place. No, and the thing okay. was, the thing was, uh, that gave you no reason to be in a bar, in the, in their opinion. Like, there's no reason gotcha. for you to be at a club. And I'm like, yeah, well, people need to fucking socialize. And then there would be, which was crazy because this is in West Nyack, one of the most fun places to be uh, outside of New York City in the state of New York. Oh, tons of bars going in cambria's from man oh shit that's uh, right you know yeah dude come on bro when you first heard them did you think there was a fe- that was a female uh front person like vocalist uh 100 <laughs> same in fact coheed and cambria uh, i think it was um favor house atlantic 
that song was the first song I ever heard on an iPod. Really? Yeah, man. I don't know why, but that's just one of those facts that stuck with me. My buddy, Matt Ashton, Apple, like he was always on the cutting edge of technology. First kid to have an iPod and he was playing soccer and he was like, yeah, you guys can listen to it. I'm like, I was like, okay, what? I didn't fully understand what it was, but yeah. Where, where do you put the CD? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, you talked about the church a little bit. We're, we're going to be winding down here. Two final segments. Uh, one, I absolutely love. It's uh, called One Last Thing, One Good Thing. Nick, if, uh, you know, if I find myself in Boston, maybe we didn't talk about it yet, but if I find myself in Boston, is there one thing that I particularly have to do, see, uh, or like a mentality to have uh, to help me kind of fit in? I, I'm also, you know, already planning on next time I'm in Boston, calling it donkeys and uh uh you know dropping my eyes okay i'll I'll give you uh can i give you two things please please okay i'll give you two serious things and then one just to get your rocks off and have a good time um for for reals you do the freedom trail it is freedom trail it is absolutely free. You get to see all of the sites, all the historical sites of downtown Boston. All you got to do is follow a red line that's painted on the ground. It is the best walking tour of any city you will go to in your life. Wow. Yes. Um, and along the way, although along the way, are there say like signs to say like, oh well, Thomas Jefferson, you know, had exactly. his first beer here. Oh, okay. There, great. There's placards everywhere you're looking. Excellent describing exactly what you see like this witch was hung here in the 1800s anything that you can think of if it happened in boston and it's worth noting it's on that freedom trail and you'll you'll learn everything two uh if you're a baseball fan do um go to fenway park it is like going to church in the best way possible you just you you walk out onto the concourse and your eyes just open up like you're eight years old but um if you're gonna do that do the last stadium tour of the day before Mm -hmm. a baseball game because it's the only way to see red sox batting practice oh really yeah so you go there you you pay the 20 dollars or so for the stadium tour and they let you stay in for uh red sox batting practice so you can get you can get your balls from everyone else and not have to fight with the mouth breathers for it it's just you and these 20 people oh man that's awesome that's a great tip that's an incredible tip and uh any any uh what did you have a last one or those yes um go to the white horse tavern in alston on a friday or saturday night sit in the corner and watch what happens i I will say (laughs) no more no less white horse tavern alston massachusetts friday saturday night it's a beautiful shit show I love it, man. All right. Well, hey, we're at our final segment here. It's called Tattoos. Nick, if you had a tattoo gun in your hand and you could give me any tattoo you wanted, what would it be? Why? Uh, Do you have any tattoos? I do. I have three. I have a four-leaf clover um, representing uh, uh, the fact that I'm Peter Francis Murphy IV. Uh, I'm Irish. Growing up, it was me, my grandpa, my grandma, my mom, and uh, for luck. And then I have a apple tattoo. Uh, there is a apple tree on the Murphy family crest. And the apple individually stands for bravery, hospitality, and freedom. And then uh, my other tattoo, it's uh, of a wisdom tooth. And uh, my grandfather, uh, he would, you know, and my grandma too, um, would, my grandma says like, oh, keep smiling. My grandpa would always say, keep smiling. But then I would ha- also, as an adult, I would have these dreams where, I'd be losing my teeth and I looked into it and that means you're having like a lack of confidence or you feel a lack of control in your life currently. Oh, so, so yours actually have some meaning. There's a, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. What, I mean, that la- the tooth <laughs> one is kind of a reminder of my grandfather a little bit, but also, you know, to remain uh, confident, et cetera. Hell yeah, man. Well, the one that I'm giving you has zero meaning whatsoever. Excellent. Uh, you, you know the the tattoo that Steve-O has of himself on his back on yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, that, but it's Penny Hardaway. <laughs> Dude, that would be so perfect. That is such a 90s thing, too. Exactly. That man, angle and the shine. You know what's funny about Steve-O and tattoos? Uh, I never get to bring this up. I, I think you might know this, but Steve-O has all of the same exact tattoos in the exact same place as Angelina Jolie. 
Are you serious? Every time it, I look it up, Angelina Jolie and Steve have the exact same tattoos. And as a bit, I don't know if he was like going through like, you know, alcoholism or what at the time, but it's so funny to me. He has at, like, he has the Billy Bob tattoo. <laughs> he has every tattoo that Angelina Jolie has in the exact same place as Angelina Jolie has it. Oh my God. I love this for him. This, <laughs> this is the best bit he could have done. I know. Incredibly, incredibly Steve-O. Uh, well, dude, Nick, that sounds like a great tattoo. I would love, I, I would love it. Um, at the, at the time of recording, we are on the eve of seeing magic clippers at the crypto.com arena. Well, they're officially changing the name. I think on Christmas Eve. Okay. Well, so we have a one last visit to Staples center. Oh, thank God. And yes, the, it, today for those listeners listening, uh, when this broadcast goes out, it is Christmas Eve. So, uh, Merry so, Christmas. So, you guys can call it Crypto.com Arena, but we can't just yet. You people call it. Um, and speaking of you people, I want to thank my production team for this episode. Mike, Gina, Justin, Collier, Kelvin, Don, Peter, Lauren S., Shane, Matt Ashton, Matt Pabian, Chris McLeod, and Lindsay. Thank you for producing this episode. Nick, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, I feel like I'm ready to travel to Boston, and uh, yeah, I feel prepared. Hey, you can stay at my parents' place, man. Hey, I'll take you up on that. Euros? What are they called? Euros? Are you talking about the European currency or the sandwich? You're departed. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, the sandwich. All right, Nick. Thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, Floridians, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.